0: Father, today, we're going to learn about holy fear, about respect. God, after today, we all are going to be changed by the revelation, Father, of who you are. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Amen, amen. Today, we're going to say, we're going to talk about Walking in awe and godly fear. Walking in awe and godly fear. I'm going to teach you today. I'm going to probably not be all our kids, all our impact kids can go back there today. we got tons of kids, praise God. But we're going to have, uh, I'm going to teach today a lot. i got lots of scripture. You know when I teach, I like to give you lots of scripture so you can understand that this just ain't me running my mouth, right? Um, well, I hopefully never run my mouth. But Well, I guess I run my mouth, but I don't run it like disrespectfully. So, But I, I read this book called The All of God by John Revere, and I was like, man, I want everybody in my church to read this, nobody's, everybody's not going to read it, so I said, well, I'm going to take two or three messages, and I'm going to preach about this book, preach from this book, okay? And so uh, I want to do that today, because I feel like, I especially after reading this book, man, it just wrecked me, and I was thinking, I was like, one thing that the church in general today is missing is uh, a total lack of... Of all of who God is and godly fear, we come kind of irreverently. We come and sing a song just like we're just at a, a rock concert. Um, you know, there's no there's no all who, who we're singing to. There's no thought process of who God is. You know, we we, we read our Bible at home um, and we just pick it up like a book. Okay, what? Well, uh, let's see here. Where am I going to start at today? Uh, there. You know, um, we 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 pray. We're like, okay, all right, God, and just we just start into it, right? And I want I want to help you understand today about holy fear, and about awe, and about reverence. And then next week we'll talk a little bit about holiness and about 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 intimacy and stuff like that. But today we're going to talk about this. And I just I just want you to give me a little bit of time. I've had a couple services that I've been I preached like 20 minutes, so I need I got a few minutes extra. I'm going to preach today, so so give me a little extra time. But I, I, if you get this, it's going to it's going to transform your life. Because I want us all to be able to say. Father, I want to know the fear of the Lord, and I want to walk in it. We talk about walking in the spirit and not the flesh. We definitely need to do that. But we also need to say, God, I want to walk in holy fear of who you are. There's a lot of scriptures about this, and I don't even have all of them on here. About two-thirds of the way through, or most of the way through, John, I just quit putting them on there because I was like, he ain't going to get all this done. So Philippians 2 and 12 says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Paul says, and then Paul also says, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness and flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So I, I, stop. If, you, if you're going to perfect holiness, the way you perfect holiness and become holy righteousness of God is to walk in the fear of God. So if you want to walk, if you want to have more holiness in your life, then we need to be walking in holy fear. The writer also of Hebrews uh, says, Let us have grace, Hebrews 12, 28. Let us have grace by which we serve may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. So, again, he says, if we're going to serve God acceptably, where God isn't going to really accept our service to him, it needs to be done with reverence and godly fear. Apostle Paul I and mean, Peter writes if, uh, in 1 Peter 1:17, If you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. And Jesus urges us in Matthew 10, 28, and do not fear those who can kill the body um, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy the soul and body in hell. So here's the thing. you know, I hope you get the point that holy fear is a New Testament thing. And I was blown away when I saw how many times holy fear and awe was in the Bible. I was like, wow, there's a ton of scriptures about this. I, was really, I really didn't understand. You know, but the big, one of the big things I want you to get, if you, if you tune me out, there's a couple things I want you to get. One is that godly fear is not a spirit of fear. Godly fear is not a spirit of fear. When someone says, oh, you better fear God, it's not talking about being scared of God. OK, and we're going to talk about what it does mean, because after the Ten Commandments were given to Moses and Moses was coming down. Also, Scripture says that, that there was had lightning and flashing and thunder coming down with God, like God was speaking to the people like it, Israel, I mean, Moses is coming down, Ten Commandments and all that. And it says Exodus 20:19, And this is what the people said whenever all of a sudden God was speaking through the thunder and the lightning and the flashing. They said, uh, Moses, you speak with us and we will hear. But let not God speak to us lest we die. See, that's not a holy fear. That is being scared of God. And that's not what God wants us to do. Exodus 20 and 20, in attempt to console them, Moses said, do not be afraid for God has come this way to test you so that you may fear that your fear of him will keep you from sinning. And at first glance, it sounds like that Moses, maybe he's talking about both sides of his mouth, like, hey, are we supposed to be scared or not? Okay, that's not what he's talking about. Moses is differentiating the difference between the fear of God being scared and the fear of God in reverence and awe. If, if someone is, um, is scared of God, then they, they run and hide. Adam and Eve, right, what happened? When they had the spirit of fear, they did something wrong. They sinned. They ran and hid, and, and, and they hid from God because they knew they did something wrong. But in the New Testament, God says, even if you do something wrong, you still ain't got to be scared of me. Scripture says, come to me boldly to the throne. You can come and say, God, I know, love you so I know you love me so much. I respect you. And even though I've sinned and I, I'm filthy, um, I, I come to you in honor and respect. And I ask you to forgive me. He says, you can still come to him and exist throughout scriptures. People who have, um, people ha- who have um, godly fear have nothing to hide. They're not trying to hide anything. God does not want you to hide anything. He wants you to bring everything to him, and he wants you to walk in that holy fear and say, God, I've got something I need to share with you, and not be scared when you do that. People, people in Scripture, all throughout Scripture, drew back in fear, but Moses, if you pay attention, he drew near. He didn't draw back in fear. So before, before I tell you what it's, it's not, it is, I want to tell you what it's not. It's not being scared of God. So go ahead and understand that. All throughout Scripture, everywhere you read that, and you think it means something about being scared of God, it's not. God wants you to come to him. He does not want to repulse you, okay? Matter of fact, Psalms 27, 8, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me, and my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. So you see, God wants a relationship with us. He desires a relationship with us. And so that's what we got to do is we got to understand that, and we got to go to Him, not run fruit from Him. There's a call of intimacy there. Um, the, the Lord is a friend to those who fear Him. Psalms 25:14 says it says it's a fe- He's a friend. I don't know any friends that I have that I fear, like being scared of. Because if I'm scared of you, you ain't my friend. Because I'm scared of you, right? So so how would God be a Lord, The Lord be a friend to those who fear him, because it's not that kind of fear. Now, I love how it says it, and in, in you know, I'm, I'm all about to read um, l- during study time, looking at the pr- Passion Translation as well. Here's what that same scripture says. It says, there's a private place reserved for devoted lovers of Yahweh, where they sit near him and receive revelation secrets of his promises. That just excited me like crazy. That doesn't sound like I'm scared of this person. If I'm scared of that person, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go and, and and sit with them, and he's going to share me secrets. <laughs> you know, what I'm that's that's an enemy. Does not do that, right? So so holy fear does not quench intimacy. It sparks intimacy. You know, just like that 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 song says. You know, I'm sorry that I came and just sung a song. So many times we come to church and we just come in and we just sing. We're not thinking about it, who we're singing to, or anything. The part of fear, fear, one part of fearing God is, is reverencing him in worship. But that's not the only thing. I, it, it would take so much more than, than a, a little excerpt or a little sentence to tell you what holy fear is and fearing God. Because it's, it's kind of like saying that God's love is kind and nice and gentle and caring. You know, when John, 1 John 5 and 3 says, this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. So, yes, it is kind and gentle, and his love is unconditional, but also it's keeping his commandments. So you see how you're going to have a whole plethora of things that have to do with that. And so we've got to be careful. And I want, I want to, to warn you that in defining holy fear, you're going to he- hear some things that you're thinking, wow, that sounds like, it, like it's a bad kind of fear. But you've got to understand, holy fear never pushes, it always pulls. And we need to discover that holy fear is, is a gift of love, a, a, a gift of awe a posture that we have, that w- that we deeply care for God, and he deeply cares for us and wants to spend time with us. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29 says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, seek ye first the kingdom of God, right? It's about the kingdom. And so let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. I mentioned that a while ago. That's how you accept God reverently. He's accept- he accepts our, our worship by reverence and godly fear now the reason I say that again is because we think that godly fear is just reverence but if it was then he wouldn't have just said reverence and godly fear he just would have said with reverence so he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have repeated himself there so those two different they're actually there are two different words in the Greek um, in Hebrew it says it says adus a-u-d-i-s and um, eulabia those are the two words and the, and the first one, the reverence, is actually what we think it is, reverence, awe, honor, right? But the complete word dictionary study re- reveres that reverence as, the word reverence as profound, adoring, awed respect. A profound, adoring, awed respect. And then the second term, um, is godly fear, is more of, of a pure awe. It, it says in the, uh, the 1828 dictionary edition of Noah Webster, it says... It's fear, dread, inspired by something great and terrific, to strike with fear and reverence, to influence by fear, terror, or respect. Okay, and again, it sounds like you're like, oh, good. Okay, fear, dread, that doesn't sound good, pastor. But I understand that. But you know, when you're reading the dictionary, it gives you all these different. They they add words together of what they mean. And so we got to understand again, holy fear is drawing, not pushing. So I want to read what holy fear is. Uh, I want to read it straight from the book. I'm going to read it straight from the book exactly the way John Revere said it. He takes all this out of scripture um, and out of different places of, of the Word of God and what Jesus said and stuff. And it was said so eloquently, I was not going to try to mess it up and put it in my own words. So let me just read this little section just to you. To fear God is to reverence Him and complete all of Him. To fear God is to hallow Him. Hallow being described as to respect greatly. To fear God is to esteem, respect, honor, Venerate and adore him above everything and everyone else when we fear God we take on his heart We love what he loves and we hate what he hates Notice he did not say dislike what he hates. He says hate what he hates Why is it so important for him? what is not so important to him should not be important to us To fear God is to hate sin to fear God is to hate injustice To fear God is to part from evil in every sense, thought, word, and action. It is to refrain from speaking deceitfully. It it keeps our outward behavior congruent with our inward thoughts, motives, and beliefs. To fear God is to walk authentically in humility, authentic humility, before God and mankind. To fear God is to give him the praise, adoration, thanksgiving, and worship that he deserves. Just like Mike said, the awe. You know, when you say that at all, um, to fear God is to give him all that belongs to him. To fear God is to tremble before him in wonder and awe. It is to give his word and presence our full attention. And so many times, you're not walking in godly fear when he does not have your full attention. I have to sometimes right down here, grab myself, get everything I just thought about, everything everybody just said, all that stuff. You know, today, after, I was in the middle of the first song and realized I have no awe of God right now. I'm just in my own mind thinking about the message and all this, and I had to stop, center myself, and, and, then, and then begin worship again. To fear, fear God is to obey him. It's not just the desire, but an, outward, an inward force determined to carry out his will no matter the cost. When you have holy fear, you're like, God, I don't understand this. I don't see this. Matter of fact, I don't even like this it's what your word says and I'm going to follow it and I'm going to do it because you're telling me to do this and I fear you enough to go ahead and do what you've asked me to do. We eagerly, willingly, and immediately obey even if we don't see a benefit or if it don't make sense, he says. And we carry it out to completion. To fear God is to abstain from any form. I love this. To If you fear God, you abstain from any form of complaining, murmuring, or grumbling. So we all know that we walk not fearing God sometimes, correct? To fear God is to respect, honor, and submit to His direct and delegated authority. You know, it is also to be uh, to obey the delegated authority with the only exception being if that authority tells you to sin. So you have to obey authority, but if that authority tells you to cross the line and sin, you ain't got to do it, even under God. I don't care what the law says. Okay? So the fear of the Lord shapes our intentions, thoughts, words, and actions. So now, if we're going to look at that, then we that's what holy fear is. So let's look at what holy fear, the benefits of holy fear. Proverbs says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want wisdom? Have some holy fear. That's the beginning of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. If you want wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, you need to have some holy fear. It's a foresight and clear direction. The fear of the Lord is how we mature our salvation. The fear of the Lord produces confidence, um, fearlessness, and security. It swallows up all other fears, including the fears of man. The fear of the Lord gives us identity. It makes us productive and empowers us to multiply. The fear of the Lord provides angelic assistance, fulfilled desires, enduring success, notability, influence, longevity, productive days, enjoyment in life, happiness, pleasure in labor, healing for the body, and so much more. The fear of the Lord endures forever. It will never fade. The fear of the Lord is a treasured gift from our heavenly Father. Psalm says, I love this, the fear of the Lord is pure. Another scripture, another translation says the fear of the Lord is clean. So you see, when we can really start understanding who God is, and we're not, we're not scared of him in fear for what he's going to do to us because we're Christians. So we know that we're going to go to heaven because we're born again. He says, I tell you these things that you may know. So we, we, we know we're going to heaven. So we shouldn't fear him when he's our God. And he says, I want a relationship with you. I want you to come boldly. This isn't the Old Testament where you do some sin. I'm going to cut your arm off or strike you dead, right? That's not that. That's not who he is. So holy fear, you, you can really break it down in a couple categories. One is to tremble at the presence of God. And number two is to tremble at his word we need to also tremble at this not the book you know not not as a book but what the words say and and the written word you know and and you know I'm, and i i i have this bible here but because of my rock on dystrophy i have to use my phone because so i can make it bigger i can't read that you know it's too too little but 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 it's not this this book it's the words in this book and the words in this book mean nothing until it's put into practice and it's said and done and lived out. So, so we need to understand that. Romans, um, Psalms 89 and 7 says, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of his saints and to be held in reverence by all those around him. That's the presence of God, right? He said feared, but he didn't just say feared. He said greatly feared. There's two, see, there's two types of presence there. One is his omniscience. I'm sorry, omnipresence is, is one type of one type of presence there. Um Psalms 139, 7, and 8, and 12 says, I can't get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you are there. If I go to the grave, you are there. Even if I in darkness, I cannot hide from you. That's the that's the omniscience of God. He's everywhere. Everywhere we go, he's there. His presence is there, right? But that that's kind of like that's where we get Hebrews 13 5, where it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Okay? But there's a second kind of presence, and that's what we felt last Sunday and, and at the worship night, and that's the manifest presence of God. That's different than I'm everywhere. This is where he comes in and comes in, 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 in into your place, into your building, into your life, into your home, wherever you're at, and manifests. John uh, 14, 21, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me, and because they love me, my father will love them and i will love them and reveal myself or reveal or manifest myself to each of them that's when manifest presence is whenever you're in a, a place and everybody is in all respect godly fear and he inhabits your praises and he blesses you and you feel his manifest presence it, it's almost like it is it is like it's almost tangible. His presence is—you can feel his presence. You know, right? You know, even during the middle of the week, he's everywhere, but you don't really feel his presence like that. But in his manifest presence, it's almost like you can touch him. Okay, it's it's it's, it's real to you. The word "manifest" comes from the Greek word "emphaneizo," which means to make apparent, um, to let one intimately be known or understood. And see, this re- this this refers to when God reveals Himself. Matthew 18 and 20, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I will be there in a mist. He's not talking about his everywhere presence, because if he did, he wouldn't need to say it. He would just say, I'm the presence. He was talking about his manifest presence. If two or three get together and you're worshiping me in spirit and truth and awe and reverence, I will be there. His manifest presence. Daniel, talking about how 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 weighty his presence is. Daniel was in front of an angel. And he said, when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there on my face to the ground. Then 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 a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling, to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When um, he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Okay, this was a messenger of God. This wasn't even God himself. But this, this this messenger had been in the presence of God. And because he was in the presence of God, he became holy. And, and, and it really shows that when you're in the presence of God, other people can feel that. I constantly, I really believe that, that whenever you are walking in God, and you go to a place, you know, that, that there's bad bad things going on or whatever, wherever you're at, you know, and you're walking in, I believe that the enemy trembles. You know, I was in a place the other day, and, and it wasn't my kind of place. And, and I, I was like, you know what? But I was like, you know what? I got the Holy Spirit. Now, it wasn't a bad place. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't a strip club or nothing like that. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But I was in a place. What I'm saying, I had to be there. It wasn't, you know, it was a place. that There was a lot of bad things going on, right? A lot of bad thoughts. And so, but when I went there, I'm like, but I got the Holy Ghost. Y'all better back off, you know, because I know God in me and I know God's presence. And this angel did that. And it says he was trembling. Now, it says he was trembling. And so, and, and you're like, what? Trembling, trembling in fear, but in godly fear. You ever seen uh, like a little, little teenager go up to a movie star or, or uh, a musician or a singer, and they're looking, they're crying, and they're just, just trembling like this, right? They're not scared of that person. They love that person, right? That's what this is talking about. But how can we stand before a human being, a human flesh, that don't even know your name, by the way? You know them. You stalk them. You know everything about them, your movie star, about Rocky. I know all about Rocky, right? But he don't know my name. I talk about him all the time. I use him. I have a message about Rocky. You know, I, I all the time, I'm Rocky. Don't mess with me. It's not how hard you get knocked down. Is hey, when you get down, you get back up and keep punching. Right? But the thing is, is, is I, if I walk up to him, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, Rocky's right there. So that's a sly, what's up? You know, but he's flesh. He's flesh, and he don't know me. And when he leaves, the only thing he'll say about me was, who was that crazy bald-headed dude to act like I was... (laughs) See what I'm saying? But how much more should we be in awe and tremble in the presence of someone who is not flesh, you don't know our name, who has not died for us, someone who is God Almighty, the creator of the universe, somebody who died for us, somebody who sent his son for us, someone who cares and says, I'll always be, Brock, he's never going to be there for me. He could care less, he's going to die soon, he's old. All I got is his DVDs. That's all he's going to leave me. The second thing that I want you to get if you get nothing else today is this right here. And this is just a quote. This is just a quote by Teresa of Ávila. I don't know who she this chick is. But listen, she says something so powerful. Before prayer, when you pray, endeavor to realize whose presence you are approaching. And to whom you're about to speak, keep it in mind whom you're addressing. Have you ever looked at your child and they start running in their mouth, and you said, "You better remember who you're talking to, huh? Right, right." You let them know why? Because you're all that? No, 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 no. Because I am an authority, and the power that I have is not good if you don't if you don't respect me, right? You know, I've I've had to do that, you know. Sometimes even as pastor, people may not like me. That's okay. Some people don't like pastor Doug. But you have to respect my position of being pastor that God has ordained in this position. So when you talk to me, I've even told people, remember who you're talking to. Right? Why? Because of what I want to do to you? No. But because of what God's going to do to you. Because of what he put in me. I can't do nothing to you. I'm just going to tell God on you. I'm just going to tell God. He'll handle it. My big brother. You know what I'm saying? So, but, but that's what it is. So, when we come before God, we need to take a second. This could radically change your, our church. If every time you go to prayer, if you would just take a moment and be in God's presence and think about it and just sit and wonder God, you're holy. God. Every time we come to worship, if we could just take a minute. Matter of fact, I don't care if, if, if the very first thing that, that, that um, Mike does when we first sing, especially when we get into the worship set, if he just says, let's take a minute. And we just recognize who he is. Well, where do you get that from, Pastor Doug? Well, Jesus. He says, the disciples says, how do we pray? He said, well, when you pray, I've just never seen it this way. I've preached on this many times um, about, about the Lord's prayer. But he says, when you pray, our Father, which art in heaven. Okay, God, hallowed be thy name. Okay, I preached about that. I was like, yeah, we need to realize but, but, but what he's saying is, how do you pray? God, you're holy. I reverence you. I honor you. So when you come to God in prayer, he, Jesus is saying, this is how you do it. Stop and ponder and think about who he is. And then, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know, if we give us our debts. All that stuff comes later after you recognize who you're talking to. That's why the church in general is having weak, anemic, powerless services. Because they're coming for an obligation. They're coming to be seen. They're coming to be heard they coming to show off, and they're not coming for the power of God because if they were, they would honor who he was, and they wouldn't be worried about nobody else but themselves, right? John the Beloved, in Revelation, it says he was cl- he was closest to him, and he fell on his face as a dead man. See, the bottom line is, is the bottom truth is, when the Lord is reverence, his presence manifests. And if we want God to manifest more in our services and in your personal life, we need to stop and realize, okay, God, I'm not just going to pick it up, and I'm going to take a moment and think about how awesome you are. Psalms 145 and 3, it says, there is no measure to his greatness. If you truly began to start off by talking and thinking about his awesomeness, you may never get to your prayer. But that's probably all you need without the prayer. John Bevere in his book, this, the, the um, All of God, it says he said, "His glory is beyond understanding. His glory is unsearched, searchable. He has no boundaries, no limitation, no limitations, and is incomparable." Wow! You know, in in the book of Isaiah, it says in the year King King in the year King Uzziah died, and that's about seven hundred forty-two B.C. He was transported to heaven, and he went this. He saw this big, massive arena, maybe holding. Hundreds of thousands or millions of people, I don't know. And it says this train filled the temple. And it says and he was enamored by these mighty angels that kept crying, "Holy, holy, holy." It says in Isaiah six and three, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heavens and of heavens' armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory." And that's what these these big massive people were these these big creatures were saying. Now we have a song for two hundred years now, "Holy, holy, holy, Lord God Almighty." Right? Yeah. Who was and is and is to come, you know. So so blessed Trinity. That's not that's not the little song they were singing. That was not that song. That's 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 nice, but that's not what they were singing. You know, because they 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 were responding to the unsearchable, unfathomable greatness of God Almighty. See, whenever Scripture has a word that they really want to emphasize in Scripture, they would always say it twice, like, like Matthew 7:21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord enters the kingdom of heaven. So he was saying, some people to say, Lord, Lord, like, Lord, Lord. I, but, but, but I but I lived a good life. I did good things. I went to church. I paid my tithe. But he's going to say, I, but I don't know you. You didn't have a relationship with me. You never accepted me. Okay. But very few times ever in scripture does it say something three times. Look at it. You won't find very two or three times where it's something that says three times. So it is extra effort. It's all caps, it's screaming and yelling at you. You know, when you text somebody, you put it on the caps, they're like, What are you yelling at me for? Yeah, I'm like it was a text. I just wanted you to understand. So, so that's what that's that's what that's what it is, is 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 they weren't just saying, holy, holy, holy. No. They were saying, holy, holy. They were in his, they were in the mass, they were in the manifest presence of God. Holy, holy, holy. Holy are you, Lord? They were, they were passionate. They were emphasizing it. They were screaming it. Matter of fact, how you know that? Well, the scripture says that it was so much that, that the the doorpost shook. That's how powerful it was. And they're screaming, to holy!" You know, the doorpost shook. You know what? Whenever you get in a hurricane or I am mean, not, I mean, not a hurricane, but a tornado. You know, in school, where you go, over, you run under the doorpost. That's the strongest part of the building, right? You know, I'm just going to put a doorpost in my backyard and just go stand under it next time. But but, it, but the doorpost shook. That means the foundations. They were screaming, holy, holy, holy. These guys are so big and so powerful. They were screaming at the doorpost. The foundations shook. And when he did it, he didn't say, whoa, dude, that is so cool. You're awesome. Like, hey, <laughs> Matt would say. Um, um Mike. So he wouldn't say that. Sorry, I didn't mean to call you Matt. But so anyway, but he said, but he, they didn't say that. Matter of fact, the scripture before that, the uh, the chapter before that, he was the one who, who was saying, don't call evil good and good evil. Woe to those who call good evil and evil good. And woe to those who are proud and woe to those who are drunkards. Woe to you. He got in the presence of God and he said, woe is me. I am undone. I am doomed. Matter of fact, I'm unclean. And my lips are filthy. Because when you get in the presence of God like that, man, the manifest presence of God, you realize how bad a person you are. But then you realize how good he is, that he loves us anyway. Really quickly, come on up. How about Ezekiel? Ezekiel 128. It says, "What is um, what, is what that, this is what the glory of the Lord looked like to me. When I saw it, I fell down on the ground. Abram in Genesis 17, 3, Abram fell down on the ground when when God came, when he saw God. Um, Moses, in Hebrews 12 and 1, it says, Moses himself was so frightened at the sight, he said, I am terrified and trembling. The apostle Paul said, when I saw him, I fell as if I was dead. God said, let there be light in the darkness. He who has made the light shine in our hearts so that we can know the glory of God um, that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. These people, it was so powerful to them, they fell to the ground. People say, like, Well, I don't understand that slain in the spirit. It's just God's presence is so powerful. It touches our flesh, and our flesh can't handle it. And sometimes people just fall. Some people they don't fall. Some people just they go down to the ground as if they were dead. They, they just lay flat on their face. I've done that many times. You just get into God's presence, and you just get, you just need to get flat on the floor and just flat as you can. Just, I just I'm honor in honor and awe of you, God. Men they, um, Henry David Thoreau said men reverence one another yet not, not yet God we'll put somebody on a pedestal on this earth about how awesome they are we'll tremble and fear them but we don't at God prophet Habakkuk says as bright as the sunrise rays of the light flash from his hands where his awesome power is hidden Paul talks about in, in, in Timothy 6 18, 16 it says his unapproachable light whom no man has seen or can see. He's a consuming fire, it says in the Hebrews. So it's talking about God being this bright light. You know, and, and like Paul, whenever he was Saul, and he saw that bright light. It was it was noonday. It was in the noonday sun, was shining in the Middle East. I've been in the Middle East. I've been to Bahrain and all those and all those places. It, it's very sandy, so the, the sand reflects the sun. It's near the equator, so it's super, super hot and, and bright because everything reflects. You know, but he said, David, um, Paul, which used to be Saul, saw God, this bright light that outshined the sun. Acts 26, 13 says, O king, along the road I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining around me. This explains both why Joel and Isaiah say that the sun and the moon will be darkened and the stars will not shine the day Jesus returns. Because if you know, at nighttime, you have the moon and the stars. When the sun comes up, the moon and the stars don't disappear. They're still there. Just the sun is brighter, right? So therefore, that's what happens when Jesus has come. You got the the moon and the stars, but the sun the consuming fire. The sun is a fire, right? The sun is a fire. So it's burning, right? But it has dark spots in it. Scripture says there's there's no darkness in him. There is no darkness in this consuming fire. But that bright sun consumes all the other light. But when Jesus comes back for the rapture, he is going to be so bright, it's going to consume even the sun. So what is the that's that's the glory of God. Matter of fact, Moses said, please give me just a couple more minutes. Moses said, please show me your glory, Lord. We'll talk more about this another Sunday. See, the the Hebrew word for glory is kabod, the heavy-weightedness, the majesty and honor majestic glory. See, matter of fact, when Moses was talking to, um, to, to God, and he said, Lord, let me see your glory. And G- Jesus replied, "Talk about, you, know, you can't see all my goodness. I love it, that song. I just called it today for the first time. And it says the goodness of God. It's t- it- the goodness of God is talking about the glory of God. So whenever you, you're saying, you know, when you have the glory of God, it's so bright. Nobody, there's nobody. Matter of fact, Let's see here. Um, Paul says, for now we see through a glass darkly, then face to face. Um, Mary Magdalene uh, saw God, but he looked like a gardener. He, he, he withheld his glory. Um, the disciples ate fish with Jesus after he came back, but they didn't recognize him because he withheld his glory. Emmaus, his, his eyes were restrained, it says. Abraham um, at the, the Terabith trees, of um, but God was not in his glory. Jacob wrestled with, with God, but he was not in his glory. Joshua near Jericho, all that over and over and over. John the revelator saw saw God high and lifted up. But here's the thing nobody saw his glory but John. And all the reason John saw it, because he was taken out of here into his spirit, man, into the heaven, and he saw him in his spirit. No man, if God showed us his true glory and manifest his true glory to us, we would all melt. We would all melt. So I want us to to begin to really understand who God truly is. I want you to be more aware who you're addressing when you pray, when you walk through them doors, when you get up every morning, when you pray, when you read the Bible, and everything that you do, I want you to be so more keenly aware of the great I am. More so than you are about Rocky or, or one of those girls that sing, what's her name? Taylor Swift. More than any of those, I want you to be in fear of him. But fear of him will draw you close to him. It does not push you away. So before we close in prayer, and I'll ask for salvations if anybody wants to get saved here in just a second. But let's just sing just, just right now. God, we recognize your awesomeness. We stand in awe. We we talked about all these things while I go in that song. Lord, I'm sorry for making it this. I'm sorry for doing that. Lord, I'm sorry that I haven't respected you enough and how awesome and all you are. I haven't had godly fear like I really should, Lord. But I will from now on. Now that I've seen the true light of really what godly fear is, I will walk in it, Lord, the best that I can. Help us as a church to walk in it. And to be in a total awe of you and realize every day who we're addressing and who we're talking to. Our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Come on, sing it. Reverence him, honor him, think about his awesomeness. Thank you, Jesus. In his holiness right now, is there anybody in this room that would want to come down and say, Pastor Doug, I want to receive Christ. I want to be a, a Christian, and I want to come down at the altar, and I want to ask God to forgive me for my sins. I want to be a Christian. I want to understand this. I want to fear God like that. I want to accept God like that, and I just want to receive Jesus. Anybody don't want to come down and and just receive Christ today? If you're here today, now's your time. I don't want to embarrass you, but I want I want you to make that decision to receive Christ. Well, who would pray the prayer with me right now? God, help me to be in more fear of you the way I should be. Help me to be more awe of you. Help me to be more reverent to you. Help me to understand your holiness. And God, when I do, manifest yourself to me. God just doesn't manifest himself at church. A lot of times that happens more there because we don't ever get to the place where we need to be at, at home. When you're at church, there's more people seeking that and, and there's more excitement and, and you're, the passion is all there but he can manifest himself to you at home His Holiness is here right now. Let's sing that one more time, sing that chorus mm-hmm. me I'm undone Lord That's scripture right there. The cry, yes. Oh, Come on. Before we leave, let's just do like those angels did and cry, Holy, 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 three times. And I don't want it to be sweet and cute. Just don't spit in a person's hair in front of you. But I want you to say it like you're standing before God because you are. He's here. And I want you to tell Him, don't just say this. I want you to tell Him He is holy. I want you to say, Holy, you're going to say, Holy, Holy, Holy. But I want you to tell Him how holy He is. We're going to say it three times. And I believe somebody's going to have a breakthrough when we do. Let's just say it together. Let's scream it out together. Come on. Blessings and glory and honor and praise be to you today, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that I'm a big deal to you. Everybody's a big deal to me and a bigger deal to God, but I'm a big deal to you. And everybody's a big deal to you. Thank you, Lord, that you love us and you draw us to you. And thank you for the invitation that we can always come in your presence. And you will manifest yourself to us. We commit here at Kingdom Impact to be a place that you can manifest every time we're together. Because we're going to always recognize it all of who you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're a big deal to me and a bigger deal to God. Have a wonderful week. Hallelujah.